0: Could the Dallas Cowboys make a trade for Brandon Cooks to shore up their wide receiver room? It's a mock draft Monday on this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out at McCoolBCB. Layden, we talked about trading for a wide receiver last week for the Cowboys. If you don't absolutely love the first round, or excuse me, the day two and day three receivers, would Brandon Cooks do anything for you?
1: Yeah, actually, Brandon Cooks is a name that I've kind of been, you know, thinking about in a while. I mean, just because he's, it feels like he's constantly on the move. He's constantly available every season. He's trading teams. And he's one of these rare, very rare kind of cases where, Everywhere he goes, he's a little—he's productive, right? At, at the same time, everywhere he goes, he's constantly being uh, kind of always on the trade uh, market, right? Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, I do think that his skill set kind of matches what the Cowboys probably need, right? Someone who can be a real field stretcher. He still has incredible speed. He can still threaten teams down the field, um, and I and I think he's good with the ball in his hands. The question is about the price and if the Cowboys are willing to kind of make. That trade for that. And, and we, it's not just the trade price, but it's also uh, the contract numbers. Yes. And, and I'm yes. assuming he's going to want a new contract. So those are all things to consider there.
0: All right. So let's first start with why we're even talking about trading for a receiver. um You and I did a mock draft simulation on, I believe that was Friday, right? And yep. we took an offensive lineman in round one. I believe it was Zion Johnson, which we liked a lot. We, we're, we are big fans of Zion. It would be a great fit for the Cowboys. Instantly, you know, fix the left guard spot. You get into rounds two and three and the names at receiver aren't great, right? And a lot of those guys have big flaws and some of them might not be able to play right away. If the Cowboys do go offensive line in round one, maybe they'd be open to grabbing a veteran receiver. And we're starting to hear some names floated out there that would make sense trade-wise. Devontae Parker got traded on, I believe that was Saturday next guy that could be on the block is Brandon cooks and our guy, Mike Fisher uh, at Texans SI uh, basically said the price the Texans are looking for is a second round pick. Does
1: that feel right to you? Does it feel too expensive? I I think that feels about right. You know, I mean, he's, uh, it may be a little bit expensive, uh, but I think that that's, you know, I mean, that's what giving up a guy who I think had, you know, this is, something like 1,200 yards receiving last year or something. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But, I mean, he consistently has, has like 1,100, 1,200 yards receiving. Um, I, I think that considering that, uh, you know, you're going to lose opportunity costs in getting a young receiver uh, at that spot if you're trading your second-round pick. Um, so, there, you know, there is some opportunity cost loss in, in not getting a, a 23-year-old wide receiver who you yes. think can help you long-term at a cheap deal. Uh, but I also think that there are ways to do this without losing that opportunity cost. I think you know if the Cowboys get to 24 and they've got uh, both of those guards on the board, several other guys that they like, they should consider instead of giving away their second round pick, seeing if Houston wants to come up to 24, seeing if the value and the difference is—and I haven't checked this—but uh, see if the value and the difference between those picks is equivalent to a second-round pick. And then that way, you move down a little bit. Pro- I think Houston will probably talk like, what, 34? I'm doing this completely. Without yeah, I, I, so I got it. Right.
0: I'll pull it up right here. So Houston's um, first pick in the second round is 37, and the Cowboys pick at 24. Um, and the difference in, in spots is about, yeah, it's about 200 points, which is equivalent to like a early second-round pick.
1: Or sorry, yeah, so early maybe round pick, early third-round pick. <laughs> So maybe you do that. Maybe you throw in a sweetener, right, to kind of make it a little bit uh, more palatable. And then what you do is you kind of you get all the way back. It's it's far back, right? It's it's still it's still top five picks in the second round. You're trading out of the first round. If you're okay with that, that way you could potentially get you know an interior offensive lineman that you like. I think still there. Uh, and you get a, uh, you get someone like Brandon cooks and then you still keep your 56 pick. So there are many different ways to do this. That certainly is not the only way to do that, but I yep. think that, you know, there's lots of times when I get into these draft simulations where you get to 24 and there's so many things to pick. There's just so many guys available that you like, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this, a, a small trade back would kind of help you get what you need as far as a player, uh, and without losing, hopefully, too much, uh, you know, those 13 picks are going to be perilous, but th- without losing too much of, of what you were hoping to get in, in round one, uh, you know, on a second round contract.
0: Part of the reason why if the Cowboys ultimately just came down to a second round pick it, and that was the deal that I'm OK with, it is when you look at the history of receivers drafted like over the last decade between picks like 50 and 80. And the names aren't great, Land. Like, I'll, I'm just going to run through the last few guys that would have been drafted Dwayne Estridge, Tutu Atwell, Terrace Marshall, Van Jefferson, Denzel Mims, McCole Hardman, JJ, JJ Arcega, Whiteside, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella. Uh, we did have DK Metcalf drafted at 64, Jalen Hurd, Anthony, uh, Anthony Miller, James Washington, DJ Chark, Taywan Taylor, Tyler Boyd. I mean, more often than not, you're getting a bad player there. And as much as people want to talk about how you can find receivers everywhere, a lot of times the best guys are all gone inside the top 40 or so picks.
1: Well, yeah, honestly, I just think that the value at 56 for the wide receivers that you're going to be getting is not going to be good. No, Uh, other positions
0: you can, you can find stuff, right? If you need a linebacker, that's a great spot to grab one. Just not a receiver.
1: Yeah. I feel like the wide receivers that seemingly are going to be available there is, is kind of just, past the po- point where you feel comfortable like like where the where the wide receivers that you're going to get are going to be able to kind of come in and, and 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 do something right away i mean i think the, the quality of what you're talking about are, are the kind of uh, the kid from south alabama you know some of these other Jay kind of her. more specific yeah. role fo- mm-hmm. folks so uh, i think you're just outside of striking range from someone that you feel like you can come in and, and contribute right away uh, or at least at the, at the level that you want, right? So, I that's another reason why, if you if it's just about trading 56 straight up, uh, I think I can be convinced as well that that might be something that Cowboys should consider. Now,
0: just really quickly before we move on, the contract he has one year left on his deal. I believe the base salary is 12.5 yeah. million, which it's not bad, honestly. That's not bad. It, it, the idea, I'm sure, would be to give him a contract extension. And maybe lower that cap number this year and whatever. But he's been really productive like, yeah. over the last uh, however many years. So since 2015, he's at like 7,600 yards,
1: 45 <sighs> touchdowns. I Have mean, you ever seen the- a career like this before? That's that's the thing that's fascinating to me. About different this guy. Four yeah. different
0: teams. Four different teams.
1: I don't think I've ever heard of a guy that's been in a career, maybe at running back, but not at wide receiver, where he goes from team to team, and it's almost—if it's not every year, it's like every other year at the very minimum. Every two years,
0: basically. Yeah,
1: and 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 basically just produces constantly, and, and so it's 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 a it's a weird thing where he's constantly available for trade, but while also constantly producing it's it's a well, very odd I, phenomenon i think it's partly like he's got elite speed and that's just hard
0: to find right yeah but he doesn't really profile as like a number one go-to receiver that you're going to force feed the ball to yeah but he's very productive and efficient so he he ends up having this very tradable contract and if yeah. you have him in the right offense he makes a lot of sense like i don't know if you had michael thomas and brandon Cooks, it's perfect pairing Right. If you had C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks, it might be a perfect pairing, especially once you get Michael Gallup back. Uh, can you afford to rent a guy for let's say three years? Like if the guy was wanted to give him a two-year contract extension. I really don't see why not. I I just he's only well, 28 years old. He's still I mean, good.
1: For goodness sakes, in two years from now, we'll be we'll be trading him away for another second round pick. I mean, he'll he'll go onto his on to his tour for the, the all 32 teams, you know? It's like I don't know. It feels like you could easily just turn around and trade him just like you turned around and traded for him, you know?
0: Now, the only concern here is some like concussion stuff, but to his credit, he's missed, I believe, four games since 2015. So he, yeah. he, he plays a majority
1: of the time and produces. Um, how do you think you'd fit in this offense? I think it would be a great fit. I mean, I think you automatically have a guy that's a field stretcher. He can play on the outside. He can play on the inside. I think, you know, he kind of uh, uh, opens, uh, you know, makes the field open uh, vertically so you can have guys like CD operate underneath a lot cleaner. Um, You know, I think that he has a much more defined skill set and more, uh, 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 you know, varied skill set than a lot of the other wide receivers that you have on your roster, which is good. And, And I think that... Like you said, he's a he's not like a, a the wide receiver that you're building your team around, but he's a one B. You know, he's yeah. a guy that you definitely are going to use a lot. You're going to target a lot, and he's going to help provide for the other guys in your team because of uh, because of his speed. So I think it's a very natural fit. You're, you'll find ways to get him the ball. You'll find ways to get him the ball in the move, whether it's. It's, you know, uh, short, you know, uh, passes across the middle, whether it's jet sweeps, um, obviously the stuff down the field. He has a lot of the kind of skills that you are looking for uh, in the kind of gadget player that, you know, might be eventually your third wide receiver if you were to draft this guy, except that he's a skilled wide receiver as well. So you can also put him out in route uh, and, and, and kind of have him fill that role as well i got one more question
0: I want to ask you about Brandon Cook's uh, land, but let's do that after we come back from a break because I want to tell you guys about athletic greens. I've been on athletic greens for the last, I think, three weeks or so, and I love it. It has a very mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to, to having every single morning before I have my coffee. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1? You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals to help start your day off right It costs less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. In fact, it's actually cheaper than just going out and buying all the supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially with us heading into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. Uh, one scoop every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We also want to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports info. Find out all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting, eSports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Land. Last question about Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. Is this a trade that you do now, or do you wait until after the first night of the draft?
1: Well, I think that this is something that you need to decide whether you want to do now because that. I mean, I think if you want to keep it, things open for the option of potentially trading back from from twenty four uh as opposed to giving away a 50 56 i think that that is something you should probably decide whether you want to do up front and then there needs to be a conversation on how you want to actually pay for that like do you just want to give up 56 straight up if that's the case then yes then i think you could wait uh until until you know day one is over to confirm that you didn't go through the draft and have someone like uh you know, that's, it's tough because you almost want to wait until you get to 24, right? Like maybe you, you, you set up the deal with Houston and at the very least you wait till the 24, see if a wide receiver falls to you that you, you potentially want to draft at 24. If that doesn't be the case, but you still have the guys you want, you feel comfortable, you can do it then, or you could just decide to bypass that whole route and say, look, let's see what happens at 24. If we get the guard we like, then maybe what we do is we turn around and execute the trade at the end of the night. Uh, so that when day two starts, we've got, our, we've secured our receiver uh, and we've given up a, a, our 56 to Houston.
0: The reason why I'm okay doing it before the draft would be, I don't think there's going to be any receiver that falls to you. That's suddenly going to make it, make you regret doing that trade, right? Like if Traylon Burks is there, it's not going to be like, Oh man, it's too bad. We did that Brandon Cook's trade because Burks is still there. It, I don't know. I, there's nobody in this class that makes me feel like C D Lamb is falling to you at twenty-four.
1: You know. What about Williams?
0: Can we have two hurt receivers going into the same training camp?
1: Yeah, you can. I mean you can. <laughs> is it, is it I, ideal? I, 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 it's it's a long look, it's a long game. You know, honestly, like I, I don't think that you should uh poo-poo drafting a guy like Jamison Williams because he, you know, maybe a little bit late to one training camp. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's, to me, is – I'm taking the risk on that, honestly. If if that level of talent falls to me. Now, Ojabo is a different story, right? Like, someone like Ojabo, where it's like, you know, he's got hurt recently. This is a guy that could miss maybe – I'm saying Williamson – Williams, he could miss training camp. But I think you still have a chance. So that's really the only guy I think – because he fits both the speed need, right, and the age thing as well. That's the only guy that, if he fell to you, I, I would make me consider otherwise. But I, I, I would certainly wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, you're, you certainly aren't wrong in the fact that the odds are in your favor that one of those guys won't fall to you. Uh, so you might as well execute I, that trade right right now if if that's what Houston wants. Um, last one. A uh,
0: couple ESPN insiders have mentioned that both AJ Brown and DK Metcalf could be had for the right price. You interested hmm. in trading? first round pick for either of those guys
1: i mean i think both of those guys are worthy of a first round pick for sure it's Um, just
0: you have to turn around and pay them it's basically doing the Amari
1: cooper trade again except you you may feel differently about those players than you do right right it's it's but it's the
0: same type of thing you're getting those guys going into the contract you actually it's a little different it'd be like trading for amari going into that what was it 2019 season right because i'm already getting a year option
1: yeah yeah um yeah i mean i i'm i i think that that's something that should be explored i mean you know like at this point you, you got to get talent there you can't rule out avenues and even if it's just about you know look with that situation with both of those guys right like you have control of their contracts for another two years so one year you could one th- year because they're
0: they, they were both second round picks
1: oh no, that's right of course yes uh that makes it a little she, bit more challenging makes it makes it a little bit more challenging but i still pay think those that you, guys right i still think that you could uh play you know have them play on one year deals and then to work on the contract in season while you're still having a very cheap rookie sure. deal you know so uh and, yeah. and that can make it palatable again this and next year are really the last two years that you really are like with the with the cap stuff because you're still right. trying to recover from that, the COVID reduction. So if they could figure out a way to get them and then say, hey, we'll pay you, but the money's going to come in 2023, 2024, I think that that's doable. And it certainly would be a, a good way to add talent to the top of your receiving goal.
0: Which one do you like better for Dallas? I think I probably like A.J. Brown better because yeah. it's a more dynamic after the catch a more
1: versatile player yeah. i think yeah. i think with, with dj metcalf i mean there's been a lot of hand wringing by folks saying that that how dare you guys say that he couldn't run you know out in routes and stuff like that i actually think that dk metcalf has kind of proven to be exactly what we all thought yeah. he was i mean he's he's a d player uh he thrives at that he's a physical force But I'm not trying to, you know, have him run quick slants or, you know, like kind of things that are going to require him to uh, use multiple moves. So I think with A.J. Brown, you get kind of a physical after the catch presence. I mean, frankly, if they have interest in Traylon Burks, A.J. Brown is Traylon Burks, maybe literally on steroids. Uh, So uh, (laughs) so I, I think that that's something to keep in mind. I mean, as far as like guy that we talked about hitting the easy button, right? Get the ball to AJ Brown on a slant and, and just see if the DBs can tackle him. That's that sounds like hitting the easy button to me. Uh, Terry
0: McLaurin also available for a first round pick.
1: I don't think Washington would do that. I mean, if they did, yeah, I would. I mean, all day long, I and mean, I'd take him above those other two guys. Do because I think I think that Terry McLaurin can do anything. Like yeah. I, I think he. I, I hate I hate it, but I I think he's he may be the he may be the best wide receiver in the division. Uh, and, you know, I mean, he's, he's very, very, That's very good. good. I think
0: I'd still lead AJ Brown, but yeah, the pointer remains. Um, all right. So just really quickly, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, the 30 visits have come out for all of the Cowboys. And I, I know you saw the list. Um, Drake London, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Quay Walker, Devin Lloyd. Oh, was there anything shocking to
1: you when you looked at the list of players? you know i i think there 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 was a couple different things that were surprising i mean i think that we sometimes we have a problem with kind of looking at that that whole thing weird right we look at it like you know uh I, i think that the 30 visits are always people that they're interested in in some degree one form or another i think the issue becomes whether or not uh their first round picks or not because a lot of these guys you see on this list are way down on you know the potential uh draft stock so i think that they use they use some of it to kind of confirm the high-end guys to see if they like them but then they also use it to kind of just gather information on some of these down roster folks i will say that it's interesting to me that we saw a lot of centers there um, and then that combined with the talk uh, from Steven Jones makes me really think that that left guard may not be the only position that they're looking to try to upgrade uh, the and off- the offensive line in, in this uh, in this coming draft season. So that was really interesting. Um, you what know, obviously y- that I, I mean, I think that what's happening is that they're reacting to, you know, I'm wondering if pinning going up is f- f- causing Cross to fall down. And, and they're awesome. just looking at, at the kind of reading the tea leaves and saying, well, we need to make sure we have a good handle on this guy if he falls to us because there is a potential if he falls to us. Charles Cross, to me, falls under that category of blinking red light like you can't ignore if he gets to you, right? Like if he get, if he fell to 24, I think you have to find a way to ignore – your offensive guard and wide receiver kind of mandate at 24 and then you have to take him you know because yeah he he's a top 15 player at a position that you are going to need in the future and as a guy that you know if he reaches his potential could be a, a, an elite elite left tackle in, in the nfl so uh, i think that they have there are a couple of guys that they may think uh, there's an opportunity for them to to the cowboys at 24 uh, and they're kind of doing their due diligence in case that does happen
0: yeah, the rest of it really wasn't surprising to me. A couple linebackers in there, really. no day two or day three receivers. That was the only thing that was a little bit shocking. But other than that, pretty pretty much what we expected, a lot of the same guys that we talked about to this, throughout this entire process. So nothing super surprising.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it feels like with the second, you know, second day two receivers. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're not targeting day two receivers. They just may have the information they need for those guys already. But I, I right, do agree right. that it doesn't. You know, you're if you're trying to read tea leaves on positions and where things are going, it's kind of all over the place. It yeah. feels like they they are targeting positions, but at multiple different points in the draft. So, right. um, yeah, it's really again, there is definitely a way to read too much into these. Yes. Um, but so, but I think that you know it, it is good to kind of have uh, these names to see uh, some of the maybe down roster folks that they may be interested, in, or at least that they're doing uh, investigative work on.
0: All right, let's take one more quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar. This time of year, almost everybody has given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not us. We are sticking to ours to eat better, thanks to Built Bar. Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate, with most Bilt Bars containing only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar, which has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Plus, they have so many great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut and almond, and the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and they got new flavors coming out all the time. Go to built.com and use promo code lock15 and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code lock15 at uh, at, at built.com. Get lock15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. It's a mock draft Monday. And I'll, as always, we go over the, the mock draft from locked on NFL draft. And this time, our guy Crocker has the Cowboys selecting Boy Mafia. Defensive end from Minnesota, somebody who we haven't talked about a lot. So not hmm. drafting an offensive lineman early, not drafting a wide receiver, uh, but Mafi, who is an athletic freak. Do you think there's any chance that we get a surprise pick like that, or do you think it's pretty much locked in left guard wide receiver?
1: I would be surprised. I mean, I, I, I certainly I, – I don't know that uh, – I have an issue with the player. You know, I think he's he's kind of been moving up boards and I think kind of bottom of the first is something that wouldn't be surprising for a guy yep. that is a, a pass rusher that's on the that's on the rise, right? Yep. Um I think for the Cowboys like I just have a hard time believing yeah. he's not a blinking red light.
0: You know no, like he's no. a guy
1: who has made it up to the bottom of the second round and and value would not be uh shocking if you saw him picked in the bottom of the second round uh, bottom of the first yes. round, yes, but uh, having said that, he's not like a guy that like if he arrives at twenty four you're stop it's not like what I just mentioned with uh you know like cross right where you just drop everything and 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 you're drafting this guy he's yes. not the blinking red light, you yeah. know um so. Would I be surprised? I probably would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked because obviously there have a, a slight need there, uh, and and he is a talented guy. I, I just think that you know I would I would be surprised more likely because I feel like there are definitely should be other guys. There's going to be better players there with that the, would be a better fit and, and better nexus of value versus what they want. Right? All right, let me
0: ask you this: Does Drake London count as a blinking red light? Who somebody that? Pretty routinely on the consensus board as the top seven or eight player. Cowboys did meet with him. Is he somebody that you have to take if he falls to
1: 24? I think he is a priority pick for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I just actually watched London this weekend. Um, And, you know, I think if you haven't watched London, it's easy to kind of hear from the outside on who he is and think of, uh, you think he of the big stiff, well, or yeah, yeah. It's, but it's he's not crazy. that guy, no. he's not that guy. Like, he he can really move, he can change direction, he moves extremely well for a guy as large as he is. Uh, and he's agile, agile. So, I, I think you know, so I think the Drake London is a guy that, yeah, if he came down to 24, I think you're looking at it for sure. Um, simply because I think he's a talent and a, at a position that you really, really need. I mean, much like Charles Cross, right? He's he might be the kind of Charles Cross of the receiver core if you want to look at sure. it that way because he's a physical sure. specimen who's got skills who's got skins uh who f- is falling for reasons that I mean uh, I mean I don't know why Drake like London would be falling maybe, maybe because that type falling. of receiver is, right. yeah maybe he's not <laughs> maybe it's because receivers of that type are are not as uh fashionable nowadays sure uh but I think he yeah. can I he's saw not like today, those other guys right? I saw somebody today
0: compare him to Michael Thomas and that actually makes way more sense than some of sure. the other comps okay. I've seen where it's he's Keyshawn Johnson or Mike Williams Mexico or Burris Vincent before Jackson. he got
1: shot yeah like he, he,
0: I don't really think he's like that I think he plays smaller than what
1: his size is but not in a bad he can way. he can right yeah absolutely that's that's the key right is a lot of those big guys can't play like that i think he has a small ball game they're stiff right i don't
0: feel like he has stiff hips or anything like that right he can get out in and out of his breaks just fine
1: yeah he gets Uh, low he has good leverage i i i think he he can do the big big bully ball thing he can do that that's just not the that's not exclusively his game he has more to his game than that yeah, he wins by – he really wins by route running in a big catch radius, right? Yeah. Like he's
0: a pretty good route runner for being
1: almost six foot four. He can get separation and then all, and on top of that, while getting just even just a little bit of separation with that big body, that's – and that's really the issue with the guys like – Again, we keep throwing in Treadwell, but all these kind of first round big body wide receivers that struggled in the NFL early, right? Is that your thought was like, oh, he doesn't need to get open. He's big. Get him the ball. He just needs – London can actually produce separation. Uh, and on top of that, is big. So I think that that's that's you know a major difference yes. than some of these guys that are you know don't oh don't worry about whether he's open, or not just throw the ball. You know? Yeah, he doesn't
0: have to only play above the rim, right? Yeah, I just exactly. saw somebody compare him to Keenan Allen, which makes a lot of sense because Keenan Allen's very similar in size. But I kind of feel like they win the same way. They're not overly fast, but they know how to get open, and they've got Almost. a big tetragus.
1: Almost as Brian kind of like, you know, Maybe in the sense that late. in the sense that he's he has an over the rim game. But on top of that, he also has the get the ball to him quick yak game aspect yeah. to his game as well. Right. I'm
0: still confused as to what the Cowboys are trying to do at receiver. Are they trying to get guys that are more dynamic after the catch? Are they trying to get speed? Are they trying to get bigger? I, I really don't
1: know. It's one well, of the I think- I think they're I trying to know. diversify their team, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's it. I, mean, I think the issue with Cooper at times was that Cooper and Lamb were too similar of players, you know? And, and, and I think that it, my general take on building a wide receiver core, and I'd love to hear your take, is I think the old basketball thing, right? Yeah. Not yeah. Again, not NBA anymore because yeah. they've changed that. But, like, you need, like, different players that have different skill sets. And I think yes. that that's... That though so they're looking at the big guys like Drake London. They're also looking at the small guys, speed guys, because they don't really have either of those two players. They kind of have the guy that's in the middle of that.
0: And I think like the Chiefs are a good example. I think the Chiefs realized last year they had all speed and they ended up needing more size at, at, at points and they just didn't have it, right? When they yep. needed a third and three and they needed somebody to catch the ball across the middle, they didn't have anybody. And even there was a play against the Bengals right, right before halftime. They were in the red zone. They were at like the three yard line. Their go-to play was pitching the ball to Tyree kill, like five yards behind the line of scrimmage. And Hey, go try to outrun everybody to the, the red zone or the end zone. I think they wanted a more diverse, more options. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys are trying to do something very similar. This I agree. I agree. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in uh, tomorrow. We'll answer your Twitter questions. Lane and I are going to watch some more tight ends uh, this week that could potentially be options for the Cowboys. I don't know, Lane. It sounds like maybe second round for you, third round for me. Uh, we'll talk about it.
1: Well, we'll I'm not I, 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 putting rounds on guys, but yes, I, I, I certainly, okay. yeah, so there's one tight end that you so like weird. a lot. We'll save it.
0: We'll see. Yeah. It. yeah. Uh, Make sure you're downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can follow the show on YouTube, Lockdown Cowboys over there. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.